Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Under a Rock, episode 2 in fact. That's right, hope you all enjoyed episode 1, uh, we did some pretty ridiculous stories in that episode. Of course we are back with your hosts, Mr. B and Charlotte. That's me. Oh yeah, we're both here again. Charlotte has wrangled up a number of other news articles for me to hear and react to i guess in this sense this i guess is what this podcast is all about so hopefully uh maybe you'll hear some stories you haven't heard of today or if you have heard of them maybe you'll get a different perspective on how uh how to react to said news well everyone can react their own way to news they don't have to react the way that you and i react that is true some people don't even like read or watch news at all uh yeah hello me yeah i know but like you're still, like, fill me in on the world. Other people are like, I don't give a shit. Well, you, you, but that is me. I don't care. You care a little. <laughs> I, I Sure, sure. I mean, when we're not recording this and I tell you something, you still get upset. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the first, let's get into the first article. Our first one is coming out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh, we got some Canadian news. Right. Yeah, CTV, February 14th, 2020. Okay, dating it. All right, good. Well... That was the problem we had last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada's largest piece of land is up for sale. Canada's largest piece of land is up for sale. Okay. The largest piece of land in Canada is up for sale in Manitoba, and all 25,900 acres could be yours if you have a spare $57 million lying around. Now, see, like that, that, like, okay, how many acres did you say? 25,900. Okay, so like 25,900 acres is a is a lot of acres. That is a lot of acres. I know plenty of places that have sold, you know, like, you know, 50 acres for, you know, well over a s- several million dollars, mm-hmm. right? So like the fact that they only want 57 million dollars for this many acres doesn't seem that high. The massive stretch of prairie flat cultivated farmland is nestled in the Carrot Valley near the Paws, Manitoba. It's actually a combination of four family farms put together for the sale. The buyer will walk away with not only the topsoil rich land, but the homes, farm buildings, equipment, and cattle, which is included in the sale. The article does include a very long story about the history of the farm, as well as the family that farms it. If you're interested, you should be able to find that on CTV's website. Uh, the Marcus family, which is the family that currently owns it, uh, isn't alone in their situation of trying to get rid of a family farm. Uh, generational farms across Western Canada are becoming a scarcity, and according to their realtor, they are set for the largest land transfer in the history of the West. So they have a lot of farmers who are 50, 60, 70 years old, whose sons have left the farm to pursue other careers, and these people are kind of rolling into that age where they're evaluating what what they're going to do. So he does believe that this is the largest piece of cultivated farmland up for sale in Canada, and he does expect it to be off the market soon. Like I said, I mean, like, it doesn't seem like they're asking for an exuberant amount of money for the amount of acres it is. Now, it did say cultivated farmland, but in the article, it also says that 14,000 acres of it are used just for ranching. Sure, but I mean, like, even, like, you're getting the cattle as well Mm -hmm. for that price. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, Someone who's in the game of cattle farming or farming in general that wants to increase their business or whatever, this doesn't seem like that bad of a deal, to be honest. I mean, it's pretty absurd amount of land, to be honest. It is a very large amount of land, yeah. yes. It's crazy. Like, for comparison's sake, my family only has about 100 acres. Right, which is like nothing compared to this. Yeah, 
But I think, oh man, this is a lot of land. It'd be nice out here. But like, think about the isolation. Oh yeah. Of being on that much land out in the prairies. Yeah. Well, I think the idea here would be, at least from my perspective, I'm not a farmer by any means, nor am I a, uh, you know, a person who invests heavily in, uh, you know, real estate or anything like that. But I could see this going to a corporation that essentially then hires out farmers to work the land. Right? Like, that's basically what that would be. Are we going back to serfdom? <laughs> I mean, I no, because you're still paying them. Right? Are you? Yeah, of course you are. I mean, like, think of it this way. Like, the farm, like, for instance, you talked about your family farm. The government paid to have certain crops grown, right? So, I mean, like, that was a thing. It's already subsidized, right? The farm land is already subsidized by the government in that yeah. sense, right? But, like, the thing about that is that... Like, you think of it as a job, but, like, farming's not a job. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Yeah, it's a way of life. It's not you're like, oh, I'm waking up at, like, 8 a.m., I'm going to get myself Correct. ready, I'm going to go feed some cattle, yes. you know, plow some fields, no, and I'm like, done for the day. No, Like, it's it's your life. It's constant. It is your life. I mean, like, I watched your grandfather do the farm for a number of years, right? And he had and people helping him. He was busy all the time. There was never really, like, a moment where he wasn't busy or doing something, right? Like, maintaining the land... Blah, 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 you know all that kind of stuff but this is what i'm saying is like for this amount of land and for that price you could easily buy that land and then split it up a bunch of ways not like you know don't sell it but you split it up into different sections and you say okay you are now running this hundred acres you're now running this hundred acres you're now running this hundred acres do what you want with it but any profits you make from that land 20 percent of it goes to me i mean they did right? say it was an amalgamation of four families that's farms what i'm together. saying exactly yeah like they're they're picking up four farms four families farms and combining it into one sale right yeah. but like basically they would need more than like they would need at least four families to obviously run the land right yeah if not more than that so i mean like this is an interesting one for sure i don't really have much else to say about it really so do we have a spare 57 million dollars lying around no darn. unfortunately darn Sorry. All right. Moving on, I guess. <laughs> Moving on. We have another Canadian one here. Okay. February 14th, 2020, CBC. St. Catharines tells firefighters calendar it's too steamy. Models need to cover up. Firefighters in St. Catharines, Ontario have been told to turn down the heat on their steamy annual calendar or risk losing municipal backing for the fundraiser. Every year, members of the St. Catharines Fire Combat Team strip down and flex their muscles for a good cause with proceeds going to charity. But now, local officials say firefighters either have to cover up or not wear their uniforms for the shoot because municipal resources can't be used for the publication of bare-chested photos of employees. Deputy Chief Administrative Officer David Oakes insisted the No Shirts, No City Services mandate wasn't meant to discourage do-gooding, but to uphold standards of, quote, respect and dignity in the workplace. We support the notion of charity, Oak said, but when they're using city resources, we want to make sure that it's respectful of our workforce and some of the conditions that we have throughout all departments. Oak said the change was prompted by a city employee who complained about a calendar depicting partially undressed women that was displayed in a municipal facility. While investigating the issue, Oak said the mostly male firefighter's calendar was put forward as evidence of a gender-based double standard. So the city decided to crack down on skin-bearing images of both men and women. While the city has never funded the calendars, it has allowed firefighters to incorporate city-owned property into the photos. This decision means firefighters are now barred from staging photo shoots in city firehouses and cannot include equipment, logos, and uniforms in the scene if they bear skin. 
They can still use city settings and gear if they dress more modestly. In recent years, the calendar has featured topless members of the crew's combat team and has included a female firefighter who appeared in a sports bra. The team does most of their charity during their off hours, including competing in firefighting-themed athletic contests, hosting a charity fashion show, and community outreach to promote calendar sales, including signing the calendars and taking photos with the public. Last year, the team raised $18,000 for mental health services in the city. So basically, here in my... in So... There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. I personally, like, I'm all for equality. So, like, if someone was, like, offended by a partially, uh, you know... If someone was offended by a calendar that depicted partially undressed females and they wanted it removed because it made them feel uncomfortable, fine. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, right? with that, I think it's just like... But then It was someone... like one of those ones you find in, like, a man's shop. Sure, sure. Like, little bikinis leaning over cars Correct. and stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Like a pinup. A pinup yeah. calendar. Fine. But if someone... If then someone stepped forward and said, well, it's a double standard to have these men in undress, if we're not allowed to have the women in undress, we shouldn't be able to have the men in undress, fine. You're right. There's a double standard there. My problem here is that these people need to get the sticks out of their butts. Because holy crap, man, we live in a society now where these firefighters are essentially giving their consent by taking these photos, and they're doing so to raise money for a good cause. Exactly. Like, so, the, the I don't have his name written down, but the man who was like representing the firefighters were like, we're all doing it of our own consent. Yes. Like, we live in a ridiculous world. Like, it's just a fun thing we're doing. It's a yes. morale booster. We're raising money Correct. for a good reason. Cor- like. Correct. So, so for me, if I was the, if I was this fire department, right, if I was working for them or whatever, I would say, fine, we will no longer put your logo or your equipment in the, in the calendar. The calendar will be more saucy now. <laughs> like it'll, it'll be way more undressed. It'll straight up just be like a single fire hose covering the good bits. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it'll be like, it'll just be like way more scandalous but not tied to the fire department in any way other than the fact that it's the people who work there. That's it. And then take the photos around town somewhere else. Because like they said... Oh, people would buy those. That's what I'm saying. Is like they, they said they could take pictures of the town and stuff. They could use city locations. They yeah. just can't use their equipment yeah. or their logo. Fine. Fine. I'm pretty sure you could find a fire hose online pretty cheap. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, it's like, whatever, right? Like, and I mean, it's for charity. So, I mean, like... I, and I get where the I get where the counselor's coming from because people have come to him and complained, right? So like Oaks is the city manager or whatever. Is well, that, that what you said? yes, but that, like that's the that's the weird part about it. They're not complaining about the firefighters. No, 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 no. Like so, what happened based on what you said in the article is that someone complained about some other calendar. Yeah. Right. And then someone said, "Well, it's a double standard to because have both." Because the city employees are right? doing it too. Yes, you can't yeah. have one and not the other. That doesn't make sense, right? This is what this is what came about. And so Oaks had to make the decision, "Well, how do I make everybody happy?" Okay, we just say you can't do it anymore, right? Right? Well, and that makes everyone happy. Well, it doesn't make everyone happy. That's the problem. You can't do it anymore or risk losing your municipal funding. Yeah, that's a huge hit. That that is a slap in the goddamn face to those firefighters. Correct. They're literally risking their lives every day yeah. to make sure that other people are okay. And Correct. you're gonna go, well, if you keep doing this fun thing for the community, well, <laughs> fuck you. You're not gonna get yeah. anything from yeah. the city. If you and keep- like, what? What? Go- I it baffles my mind that in like southern Ontario, firefighters are not considered an essential service. Yeah, correct. 
Correct. It's the same with paramedics. Paramedics are not considered an essential service in some regions. Yeah, correct. And it's just baffling that these people who save lives go through so much shit. (laughs) Yep. They go through so much shit. (laughs) So this is a good time to note, please make sure you support your services in your area. Support your local services. Wherever you are. Please make sure that you, you know, support them in any way you can. Food drives, donations, whatever, right? Let them know that you appreciate what they do for you. Because even if you've never used their service, they're there in case you do need it. Buy your local firefighter calendars. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on. Okay. We have another Canadian one. Oh, we're just ro- we're chock just full, chock full of Canadian. Rolling through Canada. All right, all right. Trying to hit all the provinces today. Oh, okay. All right, so we're just trying to... Okay, fair, fair. February 13th, 2020, CTV, Vancouver, BC. Student driver runs stop sign, fails roadside sobriety test during lesson. A student and his instructor had a rather unexpected end to a driving lesson after the driver <laughs> ran through a stop sign before failing a roadside sobriety test. Mounties in Cook... <laughs> can't even, can't even get... She can't even get through the article. Okay, send her. Send her. Breathe. Good? All right. Mounties in Coquitlam, B.C. Mm. said they pulled over a driver's ed vehicle on the afternoon of February 2nd after the car went through a stop sign. The 44-year-old male driver also failed a roadside sobriety test issued by a traffic enforcement officer. Not only did the student have his learner's license suspended for 90 days, he also received a ticket for failing to stop at the stop sign. RCMP said he had a class 5 learner's license, the kind that's given to those who hold a driver's license in another country. The instructor also faced consequences and had his car impounded for (laughs) 90 days. The instructors, students, and the people who pay for lessons should all be doing due diligence, said the officer. It's not often we tow a car with two steering wheels, but impaired is impaired. Everyone must be safe on the road. The incident has driving experts questioning the legitimacy of the school. The RCMP would not reveal the name of the driving school. That is absolutely ridiculous. First of all, like when as soon as you said it, I was like, oh god, this is like some college student or like, you know, like someone at school who's like, you know, like maybe they've just hit the drinking age and they've gone out for a driving test, but they were partying a little bit too hard. That's before what it. I thought when I right? saw the yeah. headline and yeah. then I read it and I was like, 44. I was 44. You know better. Well, maybe they don't. Right. Cause like, it did put say it they're way. from another country. Yeah, exactly. So class five learner's permit says that they've got a license somewhere in another country. Maybe over there, they don't care about drunk driving. I didn't get what country. I didn't get a name to yeah, guess a country. No idea, yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. It's just so, 44 year old currently living in BC. But like as that driver instructor, how do you not notice that your student is impaired? Well, I think it's entirely possible that they did notice and just didn't care. But that that's worse. They probably thought, hey, I've got a steering wheel. I've got a brake. It doesn't freaking matter. But like... It does. It does because you ran a goddamn stop sign. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. And, and, but So then here's the other question. The student ran a stop sign. How... If the, if the instructor has a steering wheel and a brake... How do you run a stop sign? That's exactly my point. The driver doesn't care. The instructor doesn't care. Did they issue the sobriety test to the instructor as well? They should have. They did not mention that. They should have. Because technically he has a steering wheel and a brake. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, his car got impounded for 90 days, so like, bye-bye business. You have no income for 90 days now. Yeah, which is pretty rough. But you kind of deserve it if you let someone drunk drive in your fucking car. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Like, correct. Screw both of them. Yeah, 
Exactly. They're putting they're, our lives at risk. Oh, well, not sure. ours because we're not in BC, like, but sure, like but other people's lives putting, at they're risk. They're putting people's lives at risk, which is not ideal. Yeah. 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 For sure. That is a ridiculous story. 44. I just like how the RCMP <laughs> officer, too, is just so casual about it. Like, yeah, you know, we gave him a ticket for running the stop sign and suspended his license because he didn't, pa- didn't pass the sobriety test. Right, couldn't impound his car, so we impounded the. Yeah, I like how instead. he finds the bit of fun in it. Like it's not often we tow a car with two steering wheels. Yep. Eh, like whatever. yeah, fair. We're gonna hit up Ontario now. February third, twenty twenty, CBC, Toronto, technically. Okay, another Canadian one. Yep. All right. Man claiming to have coronavirus forces plane to return to Toronto. Wow. Okay, I'm ready to hear the rest of this article because I'm sure it's not gonna end well for this person. Just two hours into a WestJet flight from Toronto to Montego Bay, Jamaica, passengers had their trips unexpectedly cut short after a passenger claimed he had the coronavirus. At some point during flight WS-2702, the man stood up, announced he was recently in Wuhan, China, and had contracted the disease, according to Peel Regional Police. The announcement was shared by the flight crew to the captain, and a decision was made for the plane to return back to Pearson International Airport. The flight attendants came... Gave him a mask and gloves and just told him that he had to move to the back of the plane. WestJet said in a statement the crew followed all protocols for infectious disease on board, including sequestering the man. The captain informed passengers that because of the incident, they couldn't land in Jamaica or the U.S. and had to return to Toronto. The captain said he believed it was a hoax. I guess this guy thought it was a funny joke, but it's just really weird. We were all very frustrated to just displace 240 people. It's just so selfish. We've lost a day of our vacation, says Broderick, another passenger. The plane landed around 2.10 p.m. Eastern Time, and the man, a 28-year-old from nearby Thornhill, was arrested and charged with mischief. WestJet apologized to the 243 passengers. Follow-up articles have stated that the man is an aspiring musician and was hoping to film a video and go viral. He has since apologized for inconveniencing the crew and other passengers, and he is scheduled to appear in court in Brampton on March 9th. Well, I mean, like, there's not much else to say here. Other than what a dick serves him friggin' right because like what what do you think like this is like this is like going into a crowded place and yelling fire like what what do you think's gonna happen right people are gonna take you seriously even if you think it's just a joke right and 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 it's gonna do some harm to all of the people in and around the area I mean you're on a plane with 243 people and you stand up and go by the way I have coronavirus yeah like, what do you think's gonna happen they're gonna turn the friggin plane around so not only is it a dick move to get like the plane turned around and shit now every single one of those passengers also has to be screened because they don't know if you're fucking lying or not like that would put such a delay that would cause some people so much stress like holy shit like I've got kids with me what if my kids get sick all this crazy shit and this guy's just like yeah i wanted to film a video and go viral well guess what fucker has gone viral but not, and not in not, a good way not in a good way <laughs> welcome to most likely not having any kind of career right aspiring musician yeah how's that going for you well i mean his music might still be good you don't know he looks like one of those rappers that oh. like like post videos on like tiktok or vine or whatever we're doing now he's just like i'm gonna get famous and he's like no you're not we're heading on to Georgia now. Georgia? Hey, Georgia! What, this, this isn't Canadian news. I think I'm done with Canada. Oh. I mean, I love Are you it. actually done with Canada? I like, love- get out then. No. No. <laughs> I love Canada. Oh, okay. So you're not actually done with Canada. I just think you just I'm meant you don't done their articles. news articles okay, okay, for the more. day. All right, fair. Okay, so this you is You gotta from... be careful how you state things. On the yeah, internet. it's fine. <laughs> 
Uh, February 14th this year. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy five saved his sister in a house fire and went back to rescue the family dog. So a five-year-old Georgia boy awoke to flames in his bedroom, but he didn't panic and his actions helped save his entire family. Noah Woods is being named an honorary firefighter and will receive a rare Lifesavers Award for his heroics on Friday. Hmm. Noah was one of the eight family members asleep in their home in Bartow County, Georgia, on Sunday when he woke up to smoke and flames in his bedroom he shared with his two-year-old sister. He jumped out of bed, grabbed his sister, and got out of the house through the only exit available, an open window. But Noah didn't stop there. He went back in to get the family dog and pulled it to safety. He then ran next door to his uncle's house for help, and together they alerted the rest of the family, and everyone made it out safely. Uh, The fire was started by an overloaded electrical outlet in Noah's bedroom. When firefighters arrived, they treated Noah and four other family members for minor burns and smoke inhalation. The Bartow County Fire Department will recognize Noah on Friday as an honorary Bartow County firefighter and present him with a life-saving award typically reserved for professional rescuers. Even Georgia Governor Brian Kemp heard about Noah's heroic actions. He will also receive a letter at Friday's ceremony given to him by the governor. So young Noah has shown that a five-year-old can be a hero too. Well, we already knew that, right? We already knew that. But, like, when you think about how most people would react in a situation like this, it's not that way. I freak out at fire outside. <laughs> but, like, people would, like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you woke up to a fire in your house, chances are you're going to, like, yell and scream and carry on like crazy, and it might not help you or anyone else. Yes, it sounds like he was very calm. Yeah, calm and collected, got his baby sister and the dog out of the house before getting the uncle to help get everyone else out. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Like, that's that's really good for a five-year-old. Holy moly. Like I, Yeah, I, especially since the fire started in his room. There's a lot of five-year-olds that I know that wouldn't know how to do any of that. Most five-year-olds can't even tie their shoes. Right. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So, like, that's really impressive. Kudos to Noah. Congratulations on uh, being just an upstanding human being already. Yeah. And you're only five. You're better than a lot of people out there. I bet that kid grows up to be a firefighter. Uh, who knows? And then he starts, like, bragging, like, yeah, guys, I got my first award when I was five. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that's not, like, a thing that you could look <laughs> up, though, right? Like, cause there's been a history of, like, you know, young children saving yes. families from fires over the past. Have any of them grown up to be firefighters? I don't know. People don't really follow news like but this. But that's what I mean. It's like, you could probably go look it up. Maybe. Like, go look up the old articles, find the names of the children, and then see if It would be another, like, up. nice fluff piece in, like, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. For sure kid who saved two-year-old sister at five years old now a firefighter rescuing others yeah inducted into the uh i'd read that article the fire hall here in whatever you know wherever they are yeah for sure that's great yeah that's all that's a that's a nice piece of feel-good news yes. i don't think there's much for us to say about it other no. than it's really nice i just hear. yeah i just was i was like i need to include this i need to include this, is lovely. this because this is lovely yeah absolutely in the shit storm that is this world <laughs> Yes. We need five-year-old that's, Noahs. Yes, that's, yeah, that is too true. <laughs> All right. We're going to Florida. Florida? Florida. Uh-oh. Just crossing, is, over, crossing gonna, over that state line. This yo. is going to be weird, isn't it? Of course it is. It's oh, Florida. Oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> Florida man. Florida man. Man upset he can't bring cutout of Donald Trump to dialysis. Uh, no. What? I... I don't... Okay. Just... Just... 
what's the article? What is this? Give me more information. A Port St. Lucie dialysis patient wants to know why he can't bring his emotional support life-sized cutout of U.S. President Donald Trump with him to his dialysis facility during his thrice-weekly treatments. It's a lot to go on. Uh, continue. Nelson Gibson said that his family can't sit with him during his three-and-a-half-hour treatments, so to help, he began bringing a picture of Trump as his comfort item. Fine. Gibson said no one complained about the photo. Next, he started bringing a small cardboard cutout of himself standing next to a Trump photo. No one complained about the small cutout, and Gibson told the station that some people even took photos with it. On Saturday, this is a recent article, like February 14th, on Saturday, Gibson took a life-size cutout of Trump to his treatment at the, his kidney care center in Port St. Lucie. He said that again, no one took issue with his new emotional support item, but when he returned Tuesday for treatment with his presidential cutout, he ran into a roadblock. They told me it was too much and it wasn't a rally, he told a local TV station. His son, Eric, contacted officials at the facility to find out what the problem was. It was supposed to be an issue of safety and infectious disease, which made no sense, his son said. The Gibsons say they feel singled out since the center typically encourages patients to bring emotional support items. Gibson said another patient brings in bubble wrap and pops it during her treatment, which he finds nerve-wracking. So, like, okay, there is, this isn't, like, that strange. It's a little weird. I get it. Right? Well, but a life-size like, cutout of anything would be weird. Wait, but put it... Okay, so everybody's gonna find, uh, like, essentially emotional support in different things. It's gonna happen, right? There are people out there that have emotional support in, like, rocks. You know what I mean? Like, just a stone. Rocks fit in your pocket. <laughs> but, but the point is... The, not all rocks fit in your pocket. Not all rocks. The point is, right, is that the, everyone's gonna have something different, Right? So if his thing is like a picture of Trump and himself together or whatever or something he's made that's like a picture, like a thing of him with Trump or whatever, fine. That's his thing. Bringing a life-size cutout of something is a little much because it's big. Yes. It's big, right? So that's what the son was. He was like, well, it's only like the size of a garbage can in floor space. And right. that's a lot of space. It's a, it's a fair amount of space. Where so like, you have a bunch of patients, a yeah, lot so, of machines, nurses. So So... Basically, what I'm getting at here is that, like, it's a little much to have a life-size thing. I don't think that they're, you know, like, I don't think that their statement as to why he can't have it, like, the whole statement of, like, this isn't a rally, you can't bring that here, like, that's very poor way of handling that situation. Like, that, that has nothing to do with why he's bringing it. He's bringing it because it's a support item for him, right? So, wrong reason to tell him why he can't have it So, there, right? that's him saying what they said. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so it's his side of the story. Yeah. Maybe we don't know what their other side is. But, like, my point is, is like, they, you, you, you can't tell someone. You can't have that here because it's too political or it's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's their support item. Let them have it, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, when you're bringing something in as a support item, be mindful of how big it is. Yes. And be mindful of how much space it's going to take up and be mindful of how it might make other people that are in and around you react. Right. And this is like, he says the one patient brings in bubble wrap and pops it and he finds it nerve wracking. Absolutely. So maybe you need to have a conversation with the doctors about that as well then. Right. Like if you find it nerve wracking, then mention it and be like, Hey, when she's popping or when this other patient is popping the bubble wrap, can you close their door? Right. Or something like that. So that it doesn't so... echo throughout the whole hall and everything. Right. The center did release their own statement of why it wasn't allowed. Okay. 
It is not what he really said. Yeah, of course. But they were like, it's a little large. It takes up space. It's a safety issue right. for other pa- like other patients and nurses right. and doctors and whoever's there. Yeah. Because well, it does take up space. Yeah. It's not stable. And again, it doesn't like, fit on the little table that's sitting yeah. next to you for yeah. your personal items. Correct. So, you know? so again, like we don't know either like we don't know you and i don't know and i I mean maybe you saw some pictures or something but like i don't know how they handle this type of stuff in florida right in florida but but like (laughs) what i mean is like in the hospital where he is or in the care center where he Mm -hmm. is right i don't know how they have him set up do they have him in his own private room when this is happening or is he just in the hallway sitting in a chair with a small table beside him for his personal items like you say so there was no photos of the facility right but from other photos I've seen of, like, similar facilities, it is usually, like, one large room with, like, the the pull-around curtains and, like, a big lounge chair, your little table next to you, and right. the machinery. So, like, my point is, is that, like, if he's in a private space, right, or, like, in a, in a section that is maybe not pr- semi-private, right, so, like, they have the curtain, right, mm-hmm. that covers it up. As long as there's space to stand that there without it getting in the way of other people then there should be no problem, right? If he's in a hallway or something, then it's going to be awkward because now it's in the middle of a hallway where people are walking and moving around and it will get in the way, absolutely, right? Like, what if someone needs to park something there or whatever, right? So, but, like, if he's in his own private room and it's not taking up enough space to to get in the way, then it shouldn't be a problem, right? But, that being said, their statement said it was too big and it was taking up too much space. Yeah, so if he's... If he's not allowed to have family sit with him who are life-sized, why would he be allowed a life-sized cutout of someone else? Is that what they said, though? Like, uh, did they say that his family couldn't be with him during this? Yes. Gibson said that his family can't sit with him during his three-and-a-half-hour treatments. Right, but Gibson said that because they can't or because they won't allow them to sit? I'm pretty sure in facilities like those... You're on your own. Okay, that's what I'm not sure of. Like, I don't know, right? Now, so, admittedly, he's going three and a half hours three times a week. Right. That's but, a lot of time to sit alone. Exactly. And this is what I'm saying is like... And it's Florida. They're not going to pick up a book. If his statement is that they can't sit with him, he might be meaning time frame wise. They can't spend all that time sitting with me yeah. every time, right? If it's a statement of they won't allow me to have someone sitting with me for the entire time that I'm there, that's a different point. And then that is, to your point... If you can't have a life-sized person there sitting with you because of requirements from the hospital, then why would it? Why would you assume that you can have a life-size item for support? Right? Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. So, and and I mean, like, if if you bring so, up a good point, if this person is so bent out of shape over this as well, go back to bringing in your smaller items that no one yeah. had problems with in the first place. You had them. You were already using them. Put all your little right? photos and knickknacks on the little table next to you, and just yeah. hold hold like your your pet rock if that's what makes you happy. Like. Yeah. There's lots of other things that you can do yeah. that aren't going to inconvenience other people. Yeah. And yes, the woman popping bubble wrap is maybe I could, I could a see, little bit of a jerk. I could see. If it's, but if he doesn't say, like, that bothers me, can you please correct. stop? Yeah, they, they would can never you find know. something else? Yeah, they would never know. Like, right? th- this is one of those things where you're you're in a public space with other people. You mm-hmm. have to be considerate of other people. Correct. I, it's one I, of those. I think we don't have anything else to say about this one. I think we've covered it all. So let's move yeah. on. It's our last one. The last one. It's a shorty. It's a shorty. It is actually... Go shorty. Oh, sorry. We got TOS. TOS? What TOS? This is a podcast. We can do whatever we want. I have said fuck a lot. Yeah, you sure have. (laughs) 
Okay. This is actually from last year, July 2019. Whoa, last year? Yes. It only recently came onto my radar. My goodness. In response to something else that I saw. Okay, this is old. So, right. like, I went down a rabbit hole and found this and had to bring it to the top. Okay. All right. <laughs> we are in Clay County, Missouri. 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 Loud fart gives away suspect's hiding spot, leads to arrest. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> I want to comment, but I want you to read me the whole article. When tracking down a suspect, law enforcement might use a canine to track down a scent. That was not necessary for a recent arrest in Missouri. According to the Clay County Sheriff's Office, Liberty Police were searching for a person who had a fel felony warrant for arrest. The person was wanted for possession of a controlled substance. The suspect hid to avoid police, but apparently let out a fart so loudly he gave up their hiding spot. We've got to give props to Liberty PD for using their senses to sniff him out, read a Facebook comment. <laughs> Uh, is that it? Is that the end of the That's article? it. It's uh, a shorty. <laughs> all right. So like this, there's, there's not, there's, there, there's, there's a lot to be said here, uh, for going to jail and being known as the guy who got caught because you farted too loud. Yeah. Like, holy moly. Like that's. That guy's going to get so many nicknames. Yeah. Wow. Like it's your, your life outside of prison was probably not great to begin with if you're running from the police. But now that you're in prison, most likely, for whatever it is you did, uh, it's not going to be any better. Hey, aren't you that guy that got caught because you farted? Man, that stinks. <laughs> I'd be interested in learning what the controlled substance was, because I'm pretty sure meth gives you the shits. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe it wasn't a fart. So maybe well, it was no. a, maybe it was a shark. It was the the, the start of a the shark. <laughs> yeah, it was a shark. Yeah. So unlucky that guy. Oof. That's 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 rough. That's a rough one. It's really short, and there's not a lot more to say about it because the article basically speaks for itself. This was literally the entire article. I didn't cut a thing. <laughs> this was it. This, this was, was all, it. This is all there was. This was all of it. Hilarious. That it, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> There's not much else to say. Just that's a shitty, shitty way to get caught. Yeah, that's right. I made that one. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, well, that's it. That's it. We're done. Ah, well, thank you everyone so much for listening to the Under a Rock podcast. We hope we've enlightened you a little bit, maybe given you a new perspective on things. Who knows? Maybe Have a giggle. Maybe given you some giggles, but filled you with some good feels as well. There was some pretty good articles in there as well. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If there's any articles that you would like covered or you think are relevant, please feel free to shoot them to the email address that I will put up on screen now or will be in the description. Uh, and Sharla will be the one that has access to that email address. Um, and so she will make sure that I don't see the articles uh, and she will determine whether they are worth posting or not or talking about. I already have a pretty large list of things to go through. Absolutely. But, I mean, who doesn't hurt to... But I always trim them and go, oh, why did I save this? This isn't that funny. Yeah, but it also doesn't hurt to get other people's perspective because more eyes means more, more articles. I, yeah. Right? I can only read so much news a day. That's right. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone. We've been, our, been your hosts, Mr. B and Sharla. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And as always, make sure you lift those rocks from me sometimes. <laughs>